could have been carried away by the fanfare of she's saying he's deep because she was greasing his ego she was saying the truth albeit by a familiar spirit some translation says that she was speaking by python so the fact that somebody comes and says ah sister great ministration it touched my soul or they come and say I see that God is going to use you deeply. You're not going to say, that's my midwife. You will not burn animal in Jesus' name. They could have said, this, this girl is announcing who we are. After all, the more she announced it, the quicker they will believe us. Because people believed her. If they did not believe her, they wouldn't have beaten them because of her. So we, we would have said, that's free publicity. She's giving us free hypes. Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this message. Um, it's our month of victorious praise. And our theme scripture is going to be from Acts 16. We're going to be reading it quickly because I want to be out of your faces quarter to 12. And we can have a praise party. Move the chair backwards and just give God some quality praise for 15 minutes and we'll share the grace. As you know that I don't sing much. So God is going to anoint some people for that part. But please open your Bibles with me to Acts 16. Um, if the ushers will hold the mic, one thing I like to do when there's a new theme for the year, for the month, sorry, I like to ask, what does, that, what does that say to you? What are your expectations? Because the Bible tells me that the expectations of the righteous will not be cut off, right? But what happens to a righteous man that has no expectation? 100 multiplied by zero is what? So when God comes with a 100% power and he finds no expectation to exceed, that's why I ask us this question, so that we can share and maybe we can glean from one another. Someone sent me um, um, a DM that, you know, this month has indeed been my baby girl month. You know, that's, one of, that's what someone shared when we were asking the same question. And she was like, that really, God has just been spoiling her. She's been having like a baby girl lifestyle, soft life. I know some of us want soft life. <laughs> oh, God, we thank you. Okay, so I, I believe anyone wants to share with us, what does victorious praise, what does it mean to you? When you heard that, what jumped into your heart? What are your expectations? What do you expect to have a victorious praise over? Anyone wants to share with us? The ushers are with the mic. If you raise up your hand, they can quickly see you. Let's not wait for choir. Choir, you can speak if you want to, by the way. Anyone wants to share? Victorious praise. Or we all don't have expectations. If you do, then you should be... The Bible says that the righteous is as bold as a... If your expectation is to have an LV shoe, it's an expectation. And if it's to have bone straight, well, it's an expectation. And God can do bone straight. It's just that he can do more than bone straight. <laughs> and if your expectation is to have a bima this year, God can exceed bima. 
So what are our expectations on victorious praise? Anyone wants to share with us? The mic is open. Okay, since nobody has expected. Okay. Yes, please. Give her the mic. Please be quick. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so when I read the scripture, yeah. um, Acts 16, 26, it says... Um, Suddenly, okay, no, 25. One minute, your expectation. Okay, my expectation is um, at the point where Paul and Silas were bound in the prison, Mm. I went to read a commentary, and the commentary said that um, they must have been flogged before they were thrown into prison. So even in that prison, they still had praise. They could still pray and praise in in that circumstance. So my expectation this month for me, for victorious praise is, I will go through whatever I'm going through, I will go through, but then I will still be able to praise God victoriously because I know that there will be a victory at the end. Hallelujah. There will be a victory at the end. Amen. Anyone else wants to share? So what I understand is um, victorious praise is the praise you praise before the victory. Mm. The praise you praise before the victory. Only lyrics. Any other person, victorious praise. Can I ask one more question and I'll share briefly? You know, when I resigned in March... You know, one minute. Yes, I, when I resigned in March, I wanted to start a business. And then, uh, in my mind, like in three months, I would, you know, the business would be up and running. But then I found myself past those different obstacles. And then when I got that word, it was a confirmation that this month I'm going to be... I'll get to get kicking and my business will start running. Amen. And God will give to you according to your word in Jesus' name. We join our faith together and we say, be it unto you according to your word in Jesus' name. Okay, so let's come to the scriptures before I ask my next question. My next question, so that you can ruminate on it as we read scripture. What is praise? Hallelujah. Or should we, should we start from there so that I can just get in and move? What is praise? Anybody, what is praise? What is praise? Don't quickly go to Google and be using Google. Just say it. It's the song that choirs sing when we are doing Alujo. What is praise? To you, what is praise? Anybody? Choir member should be answering this question. In fact, it's choir 101. <laughs> choir member, what is praise? You will follow your HOD hand now. What is praise? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise can be defined, I don't know, in my own way. Praise is... Just be calm. You hear his voice. He's bringing it out. <laughs> Praise can be defined like the outpouring of your gratitude to God. Hallelujah. The outpouring of your gratitude to God. Any other person? Yes. Our cameraman here wants to say some real quick. If you want to say, start walking forward. Quick, quick. So we can do this. I need to be... Go ahead. Praise means a connection to Christ. Hallelujah. Please give him a round of applause. Praise means a connection. Kelvin, are you okay? To the back for Luke. Okay, Kelvin. Praise means a connection to God. Outpouring of our gratitude to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise is a thanksgiving. Praise is thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Please give everyone that has spoken a round of applause. At least you didn't speak. Amen. 
Um, all spoken rightfully, so I'm not going to correct or change whatever they've said. But we're going to look into the scriptures. And we're just going to be reading the scriptures and laying emphasis on some things. Now, I know that if you ever went to Bible Children's Church or Bible class, Paul and Silas, they prayed, sing it, they... The uh, you, do not, you do not do choir. When I do like this, you end it. <laughs> so that is Bible study 101. Everybody knows what it's about, right? And I initially thought that the beginning of the story was when they went to prison. Then pastor preached on Wednesday and backed it up to when they casted out the demons. And I read, went back to the story and I realized that that's not even where the story began. So we're going to start from where the story began. Please open your Bibles with me to Acts 16. And I'm going to read from verse 7. I shared with the HODs at the prayer meeting yesterday. It says that, and after they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bethany. But the Spirit of God did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they went to Troas. Then... A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from the Roman province of Macedonia was standing and pleading with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, we, including Luke, I'm reading the Amplified, so if it's different from your Bible, so just... We, including Luke, tried to go into Macedonia at once, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So the reason they went into Macedonia in the first place was because God showed them a vision. And you would expect that if you are walking in the light of a vision that God has given to you, then everything about your life should be smooth. True or false? Newsflash. The absence of problem does not mean the presence of God. Neither is the presence of challenges the proof of the absence of God. You would expect that they wanted to go into one city. The Spirit of the Lord said no. Then why lead them into a city where they will be imprisoned and they will be beaten? So don't be quick to judge things or judge people by their physical appearance. They might just be working in purpose. So Paul, Luke, and Silas went into this city because God showed them a vision. So first thing, don't judge things by the eyes. Not everything that looks bad is the devil. Your village people might not even be seeing you. And not everything that looks good is God. I've heard people that will go into relationship because the person is in choir, but is a singing bitter. Is an anointed slapper. She's an anointed cheat. She will do you do your best friend together. 
As Christians in this season, you cannot only be moved by the things you see. They are beautiful witches that come to church. As they are handsome wizards in church too. So if because you see the person, when pastor is preaching, so oh deep, oh deep, you will dip yourself. You will jabosikonga to deep. You cannot afford to look at people and judge by the physical things that you see. So Paul did not go into that city because it was nice. He went because he was what? Led. Remember where we started from a couple of Sundays ago? The sons of God are what? Led by the spirit, not by the flesh, not by the things they see, but by the spirit. Always, not sometimes, not only on Sundays. So he was led, he got into there. And when he got there, this lady started to come after them. This is verse 16 now, right? Let's jump to 16. Please, when you get home, read Acts 16, the old chapter. I'm just going to be picking verses because I believe we're all familiar with the story. Or we would go home and read it after this. It says, it happened that as they were on their way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had the spirit of divination that is a demonic spirit claiming to foretell the future and discover hidden knowledge. The fact that somebody is prophesying does not mean it's by the spirit of God. So why do you like her? She's a prophet. Don't, you will eat prophecy later. And she brought our owners a good profit by fortune telling. She followed after Paul and us and kept screaming and shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for several days. Then Paul, being greatly annoyed and worn out, turned and said to the spirit inside her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ as his representative to come out of her. And it came out in that moment. He could have been carried away by the fanfare of, she's saying, he's deep. Because she was greasing his ego. She was saying the truth, albeit by a familiar spirit. Some translation says that she was speaking by Python. So the fact that somebody comes and says, ah, sister, great ministration, it touched my soul. Or they come and say, I see that God is going to use you deeply. You now go and say, that's my midwife. You will not burn animal in Jesus' name. They could have said, this, this girl is announcing who we are. After all, the more she announced it, the quicker they will believe us. Because people believed her. If they did not believe her, they wouldn't have beaten them because of her. So we, we would have said, that's free publicity. She's giving us free hypes. But Paul, knowing that the spirit by which she hyped is not from the Lord, rebuked her. Because the same person that hyped will cause problem for another person. And Paul knew that his agenda there was a mandate to minister Christ, not to get popularity. Why do you do the things that you do? Even the things you do for God, why do you do them? You want to be in a department, why? Why do we do the things that we do? 
22. Verse 19. But when the owners saw that their hope of profit was gone and seized Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities in the marketplace where trials were held, when they had brought them before the chief magistrate, these men who are Jew, Jews are throwing our city into confusion and causing trouble. They are publicly teaching customs which are unlawful for us as Romans to accept and to observe. The crowd also joined in the attack against them, and we all know the story. Let's keep to verse 23. It says, after striking them many times with the rods, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to secure them. He, having received such a strict command, threw them into the inner prison, dungeon, and fastened their feet and stalk in an agonizing position. But about midnight, when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, of, and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a great earthquake so powerful that the very foundations of the prisons were shaken and at once all the doors opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. I have a picture. Can you show the picture? So, this man that went into a city because God told them to go into the city and they casted out a demon because it wasn't by the spirit of God were cut up and beaten. Now, this is a semblance of what their sitting position would have been. Can we see it clearly? Can you switch off the lights so they can see it? This is a semblance of what they would have looked like. Well, this was as you wearing clothes, right? After being beaten with rods and all of that, this is what, yeah, this is what they must have looked like. And even in this position, they were praying and they were singing praises to God. Why did I ask that what is the meaning of praise? Because when we hear praise and worship, we automatically assume that it's fast and slow song. If I say, come on, rise up on your feet and let's worship, we just we expect, we give you, right? But even some of the fast songs that we sing are neither praise nor worship. Is that praise or worship? That's a prayer. Is Alet Isu me? Is God here? Is is is, is Alet Isu God? Who told you that the space there is for you? You will not repeat. Is Alet Isu me say like God did not hear you the first time? And in our mind, we have praised. Praise is acknowledging what someone has done or can do. Worship is acknowledging who someone is, regardless of what the person does. So when you sing a song, before you are quick to allude to whether it's praise or worship, think about the lyrics of what you sing. I remember one time I was telling God that, God, you know, the way you are using me is too much. Just use me small, small. Just let's be coming down. It now reminded me that the day choir will sing, if you can use anything. I don't sing that song again. Today now, I'm not singing it to you. It's an example. That when choir, like it will will not come. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You know you don't want God to use you. 
but make it not be like saying you're not sing. You to raise your hand. When God now say, let me use you, you will say no. Or you will say, don't use me the way you want to use me. Use me the way I want you to use me. You can switch on the lights. I think they can see it. Except it's okay for the video. I'm indifferent to the light. I said that to say, these men were, they had been beaten and put in the most uncomfortable position. Yet they were able to say, you are good and your mercy is forever. If it was me, that won't be my song. My song would be God, I bet you can see. And I bet you can see that my, my back is in a bad position. In this position, if mosquito bites you, you can't scratch it. In this position, if it catch you, you can't find yourself. You have to trust in the faithfulness of the one that has called you into that situation to sustain you. So they stood in this situation and they were saying, great is thy faithfulness. It does not look like it, but great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I All I have needed, thy hands has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. You wonder why the prisoners were looking at them because they must have looked at them like mad people. How do you think great is your faithfulness when the reason you are being beaten and put in this position is who you are singing about? And God is saying, can I trust you? You want victorious praise, but can I trust you that when your back is against the wall and your body is conformed to an uncomfortable position, all you see in that position is my faithfulness. James said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. I'm not saying that to say that to belittle or downplay this kind of situation. I'm saying that when you see God in the midst of this kind of situation, there is no way that a suddenness will not happen in your midnight season. What gave credibility and pulled on that suddenness was that they were in the most awkward position but instead of grumbling and murmuring like you and I will say but God I'm serving you but I've been faithful before my HOD say jump I don't jump before they say sow a seed I've sown a seed and before we begin to recount all that we have done but these people were not looking at that and the reason I know that that was not their focus was even when the suddenness happened and the prison doors were open, they did not leave. You and I will say that's foolishness. But the, that shows you that their prayer point was not God gets me out of this prison. They were so God focused that when what they did not even pray for happened, you and I as sharp men and women, what will we do? We will jack and even if we decide that, let's just behave like Pastor Shobo, let's not jack, but let's just stay. Even if we stay, when the jailer came, the same guy that beat you, 
and change you like this. You now see that he wants to kill himself. You say, then, then, then. then. At least let him just slice. He will not go. Let him just slice it small. When he does it small, then I'll just say, stop. So much action movies disturbing me. Abby. But when the person that beat them, they didn't tell the jailer to put them in the innermost cell. It's his own discretion. They only said keep them. But as an over-sharp Nigerian boy that was once in SARS, he carried them and said, I will not leave you outside. Inside. They didn't tell the jailer to put them in stockings. It was his own discretion that put them. God will give you an opportunity to minister to people that have used you. What will you do with it? It will give you opportunity to minister to people that have been mean to you. They have spoken about you that you know. What will you do with it? Are we going to be like Jonah and say, Nineveh don't deserve it? This guy does not deserve your mercy. But knowing their heart, they saw the jailer and they said, don't commit suicide. Like pastor said, if there's anyone under the voice, under the sound of my voice that is suicidal, we come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. And we speak life in Jesus' name. You will live. You will not die. And you will see the goodness of God in the name of Jesus. They said, don't kill yourself. And they used that opportunity to minister the gospel. And that's how the church in Philippi started. Please open your Bibles with me to Philippians 1. When Paul was going to write to the church in Philippi that started from this encounter 10 years later, this is how he chose to remember this episode. Please open your Bibles with me to Philippians 1. Don't worry, I'm looking at the time. I'm just reading scriptures. Verse 3 says, please read it from your Bible. What does it say? I thank my God in every remembrance of you, always offering every prayer of mine with what? Every time I remember you. You will remember the prison. I remember the joy. The joy of what? The joy of the salvation that came into Philippi. That's how. Paul chose to remember it. And that's why James 1, 2 says that count it all joy when you fall. Why do you count it all joy? Because you know that as long as you are a child of God, at the end of this, you win. You know that like the psalmist says, Psalm 30 verse 5, weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. And please hear me, I am not downplaying the midnight season because it's dark. And you know what makes it more painful? It's supposed to be morning. It's called morning without the attributes and feelings of the morning. It's midnight. It looks like night, but you don't call it night because according to time, it's already morning. Yet it's still dark. Most likely lonely. And you are alone to contend between yourself and your thoughts. What do you do in those moments? I bet Paul and Silas have given us a, a sign of what to do. When you And the midnight is not only time. There are midnight seasons in our life where we get to points where it looks like we're at the precipice of a breakthrough, but we are not particularly there yet. And it's hard, and it's sometimes 
painful. But then what you do with your midnight season tells me what the outcome of that season will be. But you know what even determines what you do with your midnight season? What did you do in your daytime? The reason why their disposition, even in an awkward situation, was to pray and to sing about the faithfulness of God was because even when they were not in, their, in an awkward situation, that was their lifestyle. Please hear me. Pressure is not the problem. The problem is the content. Pressure is nothing but a revealer. I want to do an illustration. Please give me two bottles. I want someone that is a good sport. You're a good sport. You don't get angry. Or at least you will not get angry for today. Just come on stage. There's no good sport. If you're a good sport. Please give the lady a round of applause. Only one person. Only one person. Okay, so she's a good sport. Whatever I do, she's not going to get angry. In the name of the Lord. Even if she gets angry, she's going to forgive me, right? In advance. Okay, so she's a good sport. Bless you, come and help. Okay, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, I got this. Plastic did not change much because I can always stretch it back, right? Did anything happen to you? No. Why? Yeah, because nothing, just nothing. So... She's a good sport. God bless you. <laughs> are you still the same way you came here? No. What has happened? I'm wet. Why are you wet? Because life has attacked me. <laughs> now, what was the difference between our experience of the, this bottle and this bottle? The content of the bottle determines our experience. What she's going back away from this stage with is as a result of what this content is. When life applies pressure on you, what you make of it is what you have on the inside of you. The problem is not with the pressure. Because after all, I applied exact same amount of pressure to an empty bottle that did nothing but blow wind at her. So it's not the devil, it's you. God bless you, you may be seated. Please let me give her a new mask and handkerchief. So sometimes when we feel like it's, no, 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 no. The Bible says that when you fail in the days of adversary, it says it's not the devil. Your strength is small. Why? As a child of God, you are victorious. But you decided. You determine it. When the devil comes and apply pressure on you, he does not have enough pressure to overcome you. He simply reveals what you carry. So when you give up and your strength fail and you compromise and say, I just changed that zero or I just slept with that guy or I just cannot pray. No, 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 no. It's not the devil. As a matter of fact, your village people are on excursion. What you have simply done is reveal yourself to yourself. Life, pressure is a revealer. 
And trust me, you don't want it to reveal yourself to you in the midnight hour if you have not made good use of your daytime. So the question is, what are you doing in the day seasons of your life? Because midnight might come. And when midnight comes, it simply reveals to you what you have been. When midnight came for this young man, it revealed that when they were in the day, they had spent time praying and worshiping. And that also tells me why they were able to get a suddenly. Because I realized that we all come and we pray for the suddenness. But the suddenness does not come by a one-off prayer. The suddenness that will shake the foundations. God did not just open the prison door. He shook the foundation. When the foundation is destroyed, scripture says, what can the righteous do? When God shakes the foundation of a thing, it incapacitates that thing from standing. And that's why you will hear people say, I have broken generational causes because they have gone to a place that shook the foundation. Some of us are walking through open doors. It's like swinging doors that can open and close. But there are some people, they walk through a door, it can never be shut again for generations to come. God is depending on you and I. Are we ready to shake the foundations of the problem? I've had family issues. I've had it's never happened before. But you have the capacity. Why? You are the anointed of the Lord. You carry the ability to shake foundations and ensure this foundation shook. And that was why it wasn't just their prison door that was open. Remember, this is not the first time God has opened prison door. When he opened Peter's prison, it was only Peter's. Because Peter was sleeping. What are you doing with your midnight? Are you sleeping or are you praying? Peter was sleeping. So when the open door happened, it happened for him alone. But if you know that generations are attached to you, you can't be sleeping midnight. Remember, I'm not just talking about 12 a.m. It's part of it, but it's just one of the prayer watches. Peter was sleeping. So the angel just said, you are sleeping. Church is praying for you. You want the concha? So the gate opened. And Peter came out. But Paul and Silas were different. They were praying and they were singing. What happens? The very foundation. As we're going to praise this morning, I want someone with their praise and with their prayer. Remember that what they will be singing are just genres of song, which might either be praise, worship, or prayer. The music, bang, bang, or is just a genre. I want you to praise God intentionally such that the foundations of those things that have held you bound, such that the foundations of those prison gates, I don't care if they are emotional financial health family I don't give a regard to it because I serve a God that can break every chain I serve a God that can get to the root of the problem and settle it so that he never raises his head again somebody said that the reason the angel sat on the tomb of Jesus I rolled the stone away and sat on it was because that stone can never come back because Jesus can never go back into the grave he paid the price once and for all so that you and I can walk in victory. So don't just pray for an open door. Pray for a ground shaking, foundation moving, chain breaking door opening uh, that your generation will still walk in your victory. You are not claiming Abraham's blessings. If it was ordinary we won't be claiming it. How many generations down the line? Ask yourself what will your grandchildren say they picked from you? Paul told this 
told you, Timothy, he said the same faith that I saw in you, I have seen before in your mother, I have seen before in your grandmother. God works with generation. Ask yourself, are you depending on the relationship of your father? Or are you looking to a God to cut a covenant with you that three generations after you will say, my mother, Bisola, I don't know what your name is. My mother, Tosi, you won't just pray, but they will mention your name. Why? You have cut a covenant with God that cannot be broken. It happens in the secret place. It happens in the place of prayer and in the place of worship. Let's not waste our midnight season. What are you doing with it? Make up your mind that you are not just going to get a blessing. You are getting a transgenerational blessing. A blessing that your children will be grateful for. They will encounter some miracles. They will know it's not by their prayer points. It's something their father has worked for. It's something that mother has worked for. As we rise up on our feet this morning. Because we are ready to give God some deliberate praise. And some prayers that will shake the foundations. And we know that we are not going back. But before we do that. The only reason we can, do, we can give this kind of praise. And be sure that as we praise there will be a rattling. Is because we have a relationship with God. The only reason they went to Macedonia. If you read the last verse of 39. After they were released from prison. It says they departed from that city. Why? Assignment done. The only reason they could do that. Was because they had a relationship with Jesus. And you know. That you have wasted your daytime. Even your midnight. You have wasted it because. You didn't know God, or you didn't know Christ, or you didn't judge him faithful. You have grumbled. You have given yourself plan B, plan C, and 12. And you have done things in your own way. And you're saying, I want to make it right. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you.